Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Welcome back to A Little Better. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I do want you to know that is the second time I've had to start this because I apparently don't know how to talk today. So no guarantees about what's coming out this time. But uh, that's that's nothing new for our uh, always guest and special attender here, Drew Karshner. He knows how to deal with my nonsense. At least I think you do. It's very true. (laughs) At least you Thank you for uh, engaging, jumping in, listening, uh, commenting, sharing. Um, Over the past couple of weeks, I've actually had a few conversations. I don't know if it was the giveaways that resulted in a few more conversations or what, but uh, I even met some people who I had never, I had never met them. And then they were discussing details from the podcast. And I just thought it was so funny to be like, wow, you, you know what the uh, barn doors in my, my bedroom look like and what my sports affiliations are. It's a fun way to get to know each other. That's one of the benefits of the podcast. So thanks for engaging. Uh, Thanks for sharing. We do appreciate that. Um, And as we always do, people have been (laughs) also making fun of me for this, but we always talk about football at first. And I just got to say that wildcard weekend was actually pretty nuts. There were some good games and some big happenings. The Cleveland Browns and the Bills making the Rust Belt proud with some <laughs> first playoff wins in quite some time. What was your take? No, I enjoyed. I watched uh, a, par- a portion of each game, and I thought they were great. I thought the Bills were going to lose. And just for everybody to know, I am rooting for the Bills. So I am mm. with you, Buffalo. I am with you, Rochester. Like, I right now I'm not a Cowboys fan. I will be next year, but right now I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. So let's go. Let's win a Super Bowl. It's 2020. If you don't win it in 2020, you probably aren't going to win it ever. So I'm cheering. I was nervous. I thought they were going to lose. There's a couple passes Phillip Rivers made at the end of half. If that touchdown was caught, who might have been a different game. But hey, W's a W. Doesn't matter how you that get is. it. You just gotta, you just gotta end the game with more points. I've heard is the goal, uh, and I mean Philip Rivers is. It was so funny, like going into the game to hear them talking about like the underdog idea, like the Colts were such an underdog and stuff. And it's just so strange because I, I know that Philip Rivers hasn't had success in the playoffs, but he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> like the fact that Josh Allen, who like two seasons ago couldn't throw an accurate pass to save his life, is going into this game and they're like the underdog future hall of famer philip rivers i was like wow that has to be so embarrassing oh my goodness but hey it is he's he's josh allen's playing like a future hall of famer himself so we'll yeah, take it we're back uh, but um anyway let's jump in and silver linings is what we kicked off with this week and you talked about before we get into what you really talked about you talked about how you learned a valuable lesson about getting in shape and i just have to ask have you continued deck of cards or was that like a one-time thing have you made some more progress <laughs> uh i did it four times this week and i usually wow. interchange i so like every day i pull an exercise out and put a new one in just to okay. kind of get the whole body uh, mm-hmm. working. Um, I've ad- also added, you know, for all those gym rats that are like, what a, what a, you know, weenie <laughs> that can't like hack it. You're right. That's accurate. I'm, I'm not even lying. That's true. Uh, I think I openly admitted that on Sunday, but yes. I added four cards already. So I'm at 32 now. So 32 cards and I'm loving it. Actually, I feel great. And so after this podcast, I'm going to go 
throw some shorts on and sweat, sweat a little bit and then go back to the office, you know? So that's the work from home benefit. (laughs) Take take your lunch break with, with a deck of cards, which by the way, sounds like a terrible way to take a break. But if you're into that, that's fine. I've actually been working on a project in our house. Um, There's like this three season room porch thing um, that, literally was completely rotted. I mean, like every single stud in the walls was completely rotted. When I went to knock it over, I'm not joking. I could push the entire wall off the foundation because it was all just, I don't know what was holding it up if I'm being totally honest. But anyway, we're replacing that. I was working up in the ceiling joists and putting up some new, or rafters, putting up new uh, plywood for the ceiling. And I've been doing that and insulating for, for a couple of days. And genuinely, I feel like I've been doing like neck exercises because I'm like, like hunched over looking up like this for hours at a time. And the, my neck, like I'm going to bed, like massaging my neck. So I don't know if I need deck of cards or if I just need a massage therapist or like a chiropractor, but I am a mess and I have not been working out. So I, yeah. I don't know what I need. The, hey, the more you do it, the less that sore, that more the soreness goes away. That's what they tell me. I haven't experienced it yet, but that's what they tell me. That's what the book say. I hope I never do what I'm doing right now in this project. I hope I never do it enough that it doesn't make me sore because it's not fun. Oh, I do not want to do this. Uh, there have got to be better tools than me on a step stool with a full sheet of plywood above my head and a brad nailer. So anyway, we'll, you, know what they call, you know what the better tool is? A relationship, a friend to help you. Ooh, that segue. That segue, like life is better connected, and home home projects are better connected. (laughs) Actually, shout out. I I feel like I shout Dan Ludwig out on this podcast probably way too much, but our co-leaders and he's a residential remodeler. And I think I call him during this project. I don't think it's a min- it's an exaggeration to say that I'll call him when I'm working, which is always at random times, you know, like late at night when the kids are in bed or, you know, early in the morning on a Saturday or something. I think I call him like every, like every 45 minutes. And the poor guy, I don't, he probably either doesn't sleep or doesn't get any other work done. Cause I'm just like, okay, so I did that. And, and, and now what do I do? <laughs> he might as well just come over and do it for me because he's doing all the work anyway whatever. Hey, we're learning about relationships and apparently he's willing to, uh, his lesson from 2020 is why did I ever give Aaron my phone number? But that's another conversation. So relationships matter was one of the first lesson we're going to have four. if I correct me if I'm wrong of the four weeks of the series, the first one is relationships matter. Next week's going to be about unity, kind of diving into some of the tensions we've experienced this last year. Um, the third week is about the fact that church isn't a building. We, we definitely learned that by virtue of not being in a building. And then fourth of all is, um, don't tell me, uh, God is bigger than our problems. So those are the lessons that we've learned for me to remember that small miracle, but this was all about relationships. And I think it's, it almost goes without saying to me that this is the most significant lesson that most people have had to deal with during this year because the Zoom and the reality of being in your home away from other people is probably going to be the most memorable thing about 2020. And there have been very memorable things about this year. But I do think in terms of a unique experience, like we've had other contentious election years. I know that this one was especially nuts, but like that has happened and will happen again. For most of us, this is the first time we've ever experienced a lockdown. So I feel like it's a massive part of what most of us have learned. And so I'm glad it, I'm glad it was week one. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's the obvious lesson and maybe the easiest lesson to learn. I think of all the lessons uh, that that we learned in 2020, and we're not covering all of them by any means. Right. Um, I think this is the most obvious one and uh, the, the highlighted one uh, in the sense of like, wow, it, it hit us hard. Now, mm-hmm. we constantly need to be reminded of this. Honestly, a lockdown once a year, every year is probably not a bad thing for us in the sense of I don't agree. I don't think it's helpful, but I think <laughs> it reminds us of like, dang, we were made to be in relationships. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I loved what you said at one point, you were talking about how like, you know, relationships are important and and urging people to be in a community group. And we'll talk more about that. But I loved how you said, like, maybe you're feeling self-sufficient right now. And I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that there are people, um, I'm thinking of a few friends in particular who in some ways, like they're living their best life when they aren't forced into unwanted social interactions. You know, like that's just by personality. That's certainly not me, but by personality, there are people who are like, this is so amazing. Like, I choose own like these very limited times when I'm interacting with people and it's actually amazing. Uh, But I love that you pointed out to maybe somebody like that, the reminder that you're not in group for the moments when you're thriving, although you have something to bring to the group at those times. The, The group functions like an insurance policy that you pay on your insurance policy, even when your house hasn't been broken into, or it hasn't burned down recently. So that if your house burns down, you have the, the insurance there. So um, it's not like your friends are a backup plan, but they are designed to, you will, you will be regretting the lack of depth of relationship you have if they're not there until everything gets bad. Yeah. And I think, actually COVID and lockdowns are like an introvert's worst nightmare because Mm -hmm. it like massages the side of them that they love, right? They Mm -hmm. like to be, you know, any extrovert like me is like craving people over at the (laughs) house, like wanting to get together. And so Mm -hmm. we naturally are going to kind of push against those things, but an introvert, like I have, uh, you know, introverts in, in my family that are like, man, COVID is amazing. Like I, right. I love this lockdown and I can, I can, I can be myself finally and be it at, at, by myself. And like, no, I get that. And I understand people are made that way and you need to make sure you have your time to yourself, but you also have to recognize how God designed us and how he made us. And, and we actually thrive best when we live inside relationships. Now that doesn't mean you have to have a hundred relationships. You could have mm-hmm. three good, three good mm-hmm. relationships and be fine. You know, some community groups are, you know, three to four couples. Some are a little bit larger than that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think especially introverts in the season have to be careful that they don't find themselves getting into a habit, getting comfortable living outside of relationships. Yeah. You, you said it's an introvert's worst nightmare, but in the sense of like, it's, it's like, you know, a candy that you love and having way too much access to it. Like if I, if I just had bowls of peanut butter M&Ms in my house at all times, it would be terrible (laughs) because I, I've never seen a bowl of peanut butter M&Ms that I did not personally consume by myself (laughs) within like 60 minutes. Like I just love them. And so it can be dangerous. And in fact, you talked about that, that isolation is dangerous and that, you know, that point was one of the notes. And I just think some of the things you said are things like unresolved conflicts. They don't get better with time. Mental health is an ongoing challenge for so many people. Um, we certainly, the our enemy wants us to be isolated because when we're by ourselves, it's that divide and conquer mentality. It's easier to take down individuals when they don't have um, a team around them in that sense. So, um, yeah, what's that's what. What's interesting but, about that is I, I actually think like what's, 
what's been fascinating to me throughout the season of COVID, like we're what, seven months into it or whatever, like at first, you know, even our government is recognizing biblical truths that God designed us to be in relationship because, you know, at first it was like, we need a lockdown and we did lock down. And, and I'm not making a political statement, but anyway, I want to preface this with like, this is sure. not, I'm not going political at all. I'm actually, I, I'm recognizing how people in our culture are recognizing how God designed us and that we are supposed to be in relationships. So when COVID first came out, we went to lockdowns and Hey, that, that helped with the curve. I think that was a needed thing we needed to do. But now as we go to like a second spike, it's interesting that no matter where people stand in the political spectrum, people are realizing that, you know, lockdowns have effects other than just, you know, breaking a curve. Like it's also, there are negative effects to people's Mm -hmm. mental health, to people being cooped up by themselves. Like it just reminds me of, wow, God did really make us to be in relationships and we do thrive best obviously when there's not a global pandemic, but when sure. we are able to live in relationships and have, uh, you know, live in the way God designed us to. And I think it's always fascinating when the world starts to realize a biblical mm-hmm. truth of how God created us. And not that they're out there promoting like, oh, God made us to, but they're <laughs> recognizing something that is so foundational to the creation of the world. And, and oh, by the way, that's all God. Not That's not us. That's God's design for our life. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long tangent to get to. No, 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 no. I I appreciate it. I liked it. I think the fact that um, there there are always there are always costs with decisions, and obviously it's hard to fault anybody in the initial things. We were all just panicking and making decisions, and and you're right. Everyone was looking at the economic costs of shutdown, and that continues to be something that we have to maintain. But the question also, of course, has now we have been able to tally things like you've started to be able to put numbers around what are the emotional or relational costs of putting people back into lockdown? Because initially all you can say is like this many restaurants won't be operating. Okay. That's a number that we can look at and and that we can fear. But what you couldn't anticipate was like, this is how many marriages will fall apart. This is how many kids will be, you know, even like from what I hear about like the foster care system as well, you know, from our friends that are a part of that, like those are systems that are terribly impacted huge human costs as all of those systems grind to a halt that are ultimately even though imperfect designed to help people and and when they're not able to be operational at all there are people stuck in situations that are really terrible so um i've just found you know when it comes to community groups as a whole i've said this before and maybe even on the podcast, I feel like I haven't, I've not personally experienced a spiritual growth environment that's been better for me than community groups at Northridge. And that's having grown up in church. I went to Bible college and seminary and, you know, been a, been a part of all kinds of different ones, including ones that were just all people preparing to go become pastors. And I think the value of them is not because they have some special thing that no other group has ever had. What they have is a mixture of people that at some basic level, I might not necessarily have ever hand selected to be the people that I'm living with in spiritual community. And I think that's their value. Like, in fact, if you were to create nothing but like a click with all your best friends, that's probably not ideal for your spiritual growth because what we create in community is occasionally a little bit of friction, a different perspective, a new believer, a mature believer, an older person who's a new believer, a younger person who's a mature believer. Like you, once you, it's that mixture of people that a community group creates that brings the dynamic of, you know, the different parts of the body of the body of Christ. It's those things coming together with unity inside of diversity 
that creates the right kind of friction that helps create spiritual growth. I love that word you used because I think that's something that we often don't talk about in, in groups that we get is perspective. So in mm-hmm. that and that folds out differently in your group. Sometimes I need the perspective of like when I go into a group and my life is good, my spiritual walk is good, but I get the perspective of someone who's suffering, right? Someone who's mm-hmm. walked through something hard or someone who's struggling uh, to to walk with God or read their Bible. It, it, that perspective brings like thankfulness in my heart of like, wow, God, God, thank you for taking care of me right now. But also in times where I'm struggling, I get a different perspective. Like when my dad died, my group was caring for me, loving me. And they gave me the perspective, like, Oh, I can go through this. I can make through that. And so like based off your season, your group will give you a unique perspective, whether it's the way someone thinks differently than you, the perspective of like, wow, I don't have to go through that. So I'm so thankful. The perspective of like, it just like, there's so many perspectives that I think are so helpful in growing spiritually in, in, in understanding how, how God has taken care of you, protected you, helped you get through and persevere and endure or what all, all those things are. I think the perspective that different people bring into your life is so, so much of a value that we often overlook. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about uh, digital. And that was kind of like, you know, one of the, the third lesson was that digital means distance. And I know that you had to nuance kind of through this. And so I'm going to force us to wade right back into the, (laughs) into the nuance of it, because um, what you didn't, what you were careful to not say, and what we wouldn't want to say is that, Digital is somehow inherently bad. We obviously wouldn't want to say that. We all also wouldn't want to make those who are attending online or those, and not just because of a pandemic, maybe people who live out of state or something like that. We would never want to create a, a vibe where our online campus is somehow second-class citizens or something like that. So there are tensions that we have to manage. There are things we don't want to say, but then there are also realities that we want to affirm about I think things we all feel about human nature. It, given the option, if I could record this podcast with you face-to-face, even in the crummy basement <laughs> studio, if I had a choice, I mean, I think I think it's better. I think our, engage, our interactions are better. I think there's a lot about it that's simpler. So I think if we had a choice, we it, so many of us would agree, even if we aren't necessarily saying, I want to do church in person, but my we're talking about connection. We're not even... We're really talking about community groups, which is different. I, I I don't know really of anybody who has been saying during this, man, my community group is so much better since we can't meet in person. Right. I, there are people who say my engagement with church is better because it's more convenient or I live out of state, et cetera, et cetera. Or it's, we're on the CW. There are, our access has grown when it comes to Sunday morning. But when it comes to groups, we all feel the tension of like, I would if, if given a choice, I want a place to be face-to-face. So this was a tension that we had to manage through. And I know I really, you know, loved hearing, even in your pre-preach, you discussing with Mark, like, hey, how do I say this in a way that honors your campus? Because, you know, I want to, there's, there's you know, more than 50% of our church that's still, that, that attends that campus right now. So talk to me a little bit about your heart. What have you been working through in this? Maybe even tell us a little bit about your heart of the idea of an online campus as you've been working through that. Yeah, I know, you know, I've had conversations with some people who even struggle with that term online campus, right? And at at some level, I I feel that tension, right? Because we do want to move people to in person, like into relationships. But I think, you know, and we're going to get in a little bit into week three here of like the church is not a building. I think we have such a poor definition of 
the church, right? Because we right. we just assume that Hebrews 10 is talking about, you know, n- meeting together as, oh, that's on a Sunday. Of course it is, right? It's, you gotta, it's gotta be on a Sunday. But like, no, the church, it, we can gather as the church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as community groups. Like it's, it's the body of believers. And so, you know, we've waded through, we've had a ton of different conversations on this topic. But at the end of the day, when I think about our online campus, I absolutely love being able to bring the hope of the gospel and help people grow and walk with Jesus in a broad way. Like it's mm. so simple to invite somebody to experience Northridge church, click on this link at this time or at any time, if you want to, or watch at any time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a beautiful gift. I'm sure the apostle Paul, when he was preaching, if he could have access to a tool that would broadcast to people all over and he wouldn't have to travel on so many missionary journeys. Like well, he would have jumped at that. He would have shouted. Yeah, ask him, oh. ask him right as, as he's floating on a piece of wood toward the Island of Malta after a shipwreck, exactly. <laughs> ask him if he would have rather been using the online campus. <laughs> so like, yes, we, oh, that is amazing. Okay. But we can't get so in love with it that we don't recognize how it can hurt us, how it, the detriment it can be. And it will be easy for people to slip into a mentality like, oh, I'll just sit at home and I'll just enjoy the service. No, we we have to be in relationships. And that's why I said, we got to find face-to-face. It's mm-hmm. important. We were designed that way. And so we've got to navigate it smart and wise, especially in a global pandemic. But you know, it's not you have to gather as, as the church on Sunday. No, it's as the church, we got to do what Hebrews says. We, we got to spur each other on towards love and good deeds. And we got to meet together. But it doesn't say mm, it's got to be the full church, everybody at the same time on Sunday. No, it's 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 mm-hmm. reemphasizing what Genesis 2 says. It's not good for us to be alone. Right. And, and the finding a place, as you say, it could be groups. That's amazing. It could even be watch parties of Sunday mornings with your group, with a small group, you know, whatever. It could be things like that. But then also, I, I love the recognition that there are certain conversations that are just better executed in some kind of a face-to-face format. And, yes. and even if the best execution means Zoom as opposed to a text, like I think just as a general life principle, if 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 any of the research that we're seeing coming out of all of the, you know, the tech explosion and the digital explosion, any of even that just like sociological research, it's all pointing to the fact that like we're different behind a keyboard. We just are like, we're not the same people. We say things we wouldn't say. We threaten things we wouldn't threaten, you know, all kinds of stuff, but it's just different when, um, when we have to look at someone, even, even if it's over zoom. So face-to-face in some cases could mean zoom because the point of it is relationship. But ideally if someone were a fully engaged member of our church who watched every single week on Sundays, was able to serve in an engaged way on the online campus and met every single week in person with their community group, I think that they're, when that's possible, I think that's an amazing 21st century adaptation of what it means to be the body of Christ. And finding your, picking your spots to choose to move across the spectrum that when, especially with the difficulty of a conversation, the more difficult the conversation becomes, move closer and closer to face-to-face and ideally all the way to sitting across the person with coffee. But if you can't get there, move toward that spectrum as much as you can. Um, in fact, actually, I was uh, I was listening to a podcast. I, I listened to a couple different ones from the Freakonomics radio world. They have one called No Stupid Questions. Anyway, it was a good podcast. And they were talking about is is technology really as bad as everyone says? 
And one of the points the guy made was he was saying, no, I don't think it's as bad as everyone says, because I would rather someone tweet something mean than punch somebody in the face. They were saying like, I would rather than have this like digital thing than punch somebody in the face. And I loved the pushback of the person. They were like, yeah, but the odds of that, per that same person probably won't punch them in the face. They'll just either keep their mouth shut. They won't do anything. But like if they roll out of bed and feel some kind of way, they can fire off a tweet that's angry, violent, hurtful, whatever, but they're not reasonable self-restraint in person will prevent them from doing a really extreme thing. You know, you can hide behind it. It emboldens you, empowers mm -hmm. you to do what you, you know, what you want. And, you know, some of the tensions we feel right now too are hopefully going to eventually, maybe not all of them, but kind of dissipate, you know, like right. getting together with your community group, hopefully will be still a norm moving forward in, in 2022 or whenever that happens. Right. Sure. And sure. so I think the priority is we would always say, you know, at our church, in-person is the best option. It is. I, I truly believe that. But just because it's the best option doesn't mean it's the option for everybody. The, the most important thing we have to do is make sure we're following biblical mandates. And so, you know, the Bible says not giving up meeting together, but we can do that with a group of believers that isn't on Sunday and still manage to follow what God was trying to communicate in his word. And so that's the priority for us is like, hey, as we look, let's let's look at our family and make our decisions based off the Bible first, fulfilling the mandates, but understand that people can follow mandates in the Bible in different ways that benefit their family and their needs and what's going on in their world best. And so um, we, have, I think we have a hopefully, recognize. yes. Yeah. We have a hopefully temporary reality that is making all of this confusing, but what, as many people have said, all, all the code has really done is accelerate the already that the trends that already existed related to digital. And so we are, we were going to have to grapple with these questions about what's best. Should my community group meet in person versus, you know, whatever. And so I, I think that all of these trends have been accelerated. Hopefully we'll get to a place where like, should I talk to someone in person? It will no longer have to be a question in your mind. So, you know, like that would, that, hopefully that goes away at some point. And then it will come down to the logistics of your family, your life, where you live, what else is going on. That will be the determinative factor there. Um, and, and I'll also say too, you talked about like how to fulfill the mandates. I, I think it's important that we recognize that when we say fulfill biblical mandates, we mean um, in our church, with our church model. You know, there are a lot of different churches with a lot of different church models, some of which don't even have huge Sunday morning gatherings. They always break into tiny little cells and you know, that kind of thing. That's all, that's great. That's another way to do church. We applaud that. We celebrate it. We think it honors the biblical mandates. We're talking about like if Northridge church is your home, the way that we do it has like a big group component and it has a small group component and the big group component we're saying, now we're acknowledging that, that that big group component has an ideal, it's in person, but it also has an alternative, which we're not uncomfortable with in the least. In fact, we really appreciate it, which is this digital option. So anyway, there's nuance and in all people, of this. And also recognizing that the, the Bible is an ancient text. And so <laughs> when it was written in that culture, there was no online, like online church was not even close to thought about even, you know, so like we have to understand that like when we interpret those texts, they were written at a certain culture that didn't have an understanding of what was happening in our culture. And so we have to be careful with that, obviously, mm -hmm. but also understand it is a little different. Mm -hmm. And it should put, it should put um, principles in place that help us as guiding rails, but it, 
the fact that they gathered always, that their gatherings were typically small, doesn't lock us into having typically small gatherings. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were typically small because all gatherings were typically small. They didn't have microphones. They didn't have things like that, et cetera. So not to say that there were never large gatherings in the first century. We certainly know that there were. <laughs> you can go to the amphitheaters from that time, and we've been there, and they were very big. <laughs> <Huge>. <laughs> Uh, much bigger than any of the places that you and I will ever speak. That's for sure. Uh, so Paul had his chance with big crowds, but right. anyway. Okay. Hey, thanks. This is a great conversation. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. I'm hoping that we can, you know, gather some things. I'm also hoping there's some more memes coming. Cause I, I liked the meme that you threw up there at one point. I think there was a whole bunch more memes in the, in the manuscript. So if I have one disappointment, it's that those didn't make it in. I'm sure they will make their way in the series. So you'll, I guess you'll have to wait and see. Maybe that's the biggest lesson learned from 2020 is that memes are, they are all they're cracked up to be and more. <laughs> I don't know if you saw someone posted on social media. Um, Hey, it had a picture of me lying on the ground. It says, when your your pastor is preaching so much fire, he passes out. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that. I'm I'm, sure you'll see it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I would have to have social media. (laughs) That would have to be step number one. I'll I'll go download it so I can see that. How about you just screenshot it for me? All righty. Hey, Drew, thanks very much for the conversation. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for engaging. We appreciate and love you all. If you got thoughts, questions, comments, as always, please podcast at northridrochester.com. And before Zoom kicks us off this meeting, I'm going to end it. Thanks, everybody. Bye.